Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Soccer Betting Blitz. I'm your host, Andrew. Today is Tuesday, July 6th, 2021. And in this edition of the Top 5, we're going to be looking at two games in the Euro Cup semifinals, one game in Champions League qualification, and two games in the MLS. So let's go ahead and get started with our first game, which takes place on Tuesday afternoon in the Euro Cup, which is between Italy and Spain. Italy come in as plus 145 favorites to win the match. Spain come in at plus 215 to win. And the draw also comes in at plus 215. Again, those are in the regulation time, the 90-minute time plus any extra added time. This does not count towards overtime or penalty shootouts. If you want to look at to advance, which would cover all of those, Italy are minus 143 to advance to the final, while Spain are plus 120 to advance. In looking at how these two teams have done so far in the Euro Cup, both teams are undefeated so far. Italy has, uh, they have four wins in regulation, and then in the first round of the knockout stage, they defeated Austria 2-1, to one, but that came in extra time. For Spain, they started off slow with two draws, and then they won their final group stage game uh, against Slovakia. And then in their two knockout stage games, those have both gone to overtime, or to extra time, I should say. For this game, I'm expecting to be pretty low scoring. Both of these teams like to play ball possession. They like to control the tempo and control how the ball is moved up and down the field. And they're both very good at it. So I'm going to take a look at the goal market in this one. Uh, the under two and a half goals, total goals for this match, comes in at minus 152. And I think that's the best pick for this game. Both teams are going to want to try and control the possession, but even if they don't have it, uh, even if the other team is controlling the ball, that's going to be perfectly okay because they're going to slow everything down. Both of these teams, I believe, are going to want to play slow. They're going to want to try and play a little bit cagey. Again, we are in the semifinals of the Euro Cup, so at this point, you don't want to slip up at all. You want to make it to that final. And so they're going to be more defensive-minded, and they're going to be trying and uh, it's it's more of the idea of trying not to lose as opposed to trying to win. I think this is going to be especially true when, if or when, one team breaks through within the 90 minutes. If someone is able to get that first goal in 90 minutes, I can see them definitely trying to sit back and end up winning the game 1-0. Now, of course, that does mean that the other team is going to have to push forward to try and get that goal. But both of these teams are stout enough defensively to be able to stop the other from scoring. And that's really what I see happening. I see one of these teams getting a breakthrough probably uh, towards halftime, uh, you know, five or so minutes on either side of halftime. And then the other team trying to push forward to get that equalizer. I think it is possible that both teams do end up scoring in the 90 minutes. They do have enough offensive quality to be able to do that. And these are two uh, highly ranked squads. I mean, this is Italy and Spain. So both have the ability to score on each other but I just don't see it getting to three goals in the 90 minutes, um, especially when if we get towards the, the last 15 to 20 minutes or so of regulation time, and if this game is perhaps tied, if it's one-to-one, -one, both teams are definitely going to be sitting back and trying to play for that overtime, possibly even thinking ahead toward penalty kicks. Um, they're not going to want to make a mistake. They're not going to push forward to try and get that final goal if they don't need to. So I can expect this game to just grind to a halt towards the end of the 90 minutes. So for that reason, I'm going to take under two and a half goals at minus 152. Um, Italy probably should go through, but it would not surprise me if Spain did. 
I would be scared to take something in the 90-minute line. I would just take to advance for either team. Um, and so that's really how I see this going out. I see it being under two and a half goals. Uh, I'm going to stay away from who's actually going to advance. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see how this game ends up playing out to see who makes the final. Our second game also takes place on Tuesday and sees the Champions League qualification. This is for next year's Champions League. They have to start it over the summer because there's so many teams who are involved. In this game, this is the first leg of a series between CFR Cluj, who is from Romania, versus Borac Manja Luka, which is from Bosnia-Herzegovina. I hope I'm saying those names somewhere near correct. Cluj are the minus 625 favorites to win. The draw comes in at plus 550, and Borac Banja Luka are plus 1600 to win the match. Because these two teams play in different countries, there is no uh, series meeting with each other. And so we're going to have to take a look at the statistics for their club seasons um, from this past club season, 2020-2021. So for Cluj, who again, they play in Romania, they finished the regular season in second place. They scored 42 goals and conceded 15. And they ended up going on to uh, their country's championship group, which they finished fifth, having scored 15 goals and conceded five, and that's in 10 matches played. For Borak, they finished first in the Bosnian League, uh, having scored 59 goals and conceded 31. And that is out of a total of 33 matches played. At home during the regular season, Cluj won eight games, drew five, and lost two, scoring 22 goals and conceding only seven. While on the road, Borak won six games, tied two, and lost eight matches, having scored 21 goals and conceded 22. In these situations, it can be tough to compare the two teams because, um, again, they play in different leagues, they have different styles. Um, but Cluj are mainstays in the Champions League and Europa League qualification. Um, as you're going through Champions League, if you end up losing, a lot of times you do actually drop down to Europa League. And Cluj are mainstays here. They have a lot of experience. If you check out recent, uh, the past years of this competition, you'll always see their name going until they end up running into clubs from the bigger countries where they just don't have the quality to, to match up to those. But they do have the experience of having played in this situation, and I expect that experience to, to shine through and to lead them to a victory in this match. Now, this is, again, the first leg of two legs. So you have to think about how both teams are going to approach this. For Cluj, because they are the home team, they want to get off on the right foot. They want to win this game, and they would like to win it convincingly enough so that when they play the second leg in Bosnia, um, they don't have to worry too much about being able to advance. What they did in the first game should see them through. For Borak, the motivation is a little bit different because they know they have the second game at home. Often, teams that are on the road for the first game, they're very happy to come away with just a draw, especially if that means that they scored an away goal because then they'll have a tiebreaker on the opposite team. So a lot of times the home team is going to be attacking in the first leg while the away team can often be defensive in the second game or in the, uh, in the first game. Clues are the better squad, and I do expect them to win this match. I also expect them to do it without conceding a goal. If you look at their league statistics, Cluj averaged only 1.9 goals per match. Again, they scored 42 and conceded 15. So they really were only giving up about one goal every other game. 
but they're also not scoring very much. They only average a little bit more than one goal per game themselves. So I expect Clues to be able to break through and get one or two goals. I, I think they'll be able to, to get on the score sheet twice, but what, what I really expect is for Borak to not end up hitting the net. So for this game, I'm going to take Cluj to win and for Borak to get under 0.5 goals or for Cluj to win to nil. Now, if you put those two together, that actually comes at minus 162. I think they should be able to, Cluj this is, they ought to be able to keep Borak out of the net. Um, I don't want to bet on how many goals Cluj are going to score, again, because they're not a high-scoring offense, but they should be able to control the game. They should be able to control the, the, the pace and to keep Borak out because they especially want to end up winning this game before they go to the second leg. So Cluj and to win to nil or Cluj to win and Borak to score under 0.5 goals at minus 162 in this match. For our third game, we're actually going to switch to Wednesday and we're going to go back to the Euro Cup where England hosts Denmark in the second semifinal. And it is important to note that this game is in London. So England really are true hosts for this game. England come in at minus 137 favorites to win the match. The draw is plus 265, and Denmark are plus 430 to win the match in the 90 minutes. To advance, England come in at minus 286, while Denmark are plus 230 to make the championship game. One of the stories for me uh, during this tournament is how well England's defense have played. They are, they are yet to concede a goal in this tournament. In their group stage in the two knockout games they've played so far, England have won four of them in the 90-minute regulation time while drawing Scotland, nil-nil. Denmark, they start off with the loss to Finland, then they also lost to Belgium in their second game, and then they've won their last three, all of those in regulation time as well. So Denmark is the hottest team right now, but England has the best defense. So we're going to see how these two are going to go up against each other. England have shown so far that they like to play ball control and to focus more on their defense to keep Denmark or to keep the other teams out of the net. And when they get a goal, that's pretty much it. Uh, they're able to hold on and to hold everybody else off so far. Denmark, I believe, are going to be attacking like crazy. And their offense have shown this. In their past three matches, um, they've scored two against the Czech Republic, four against Wales. Those were both in the knockout stage. And then in their final game of the group stage, they beat Russia 4-1. Uh, to one. So Denmark's offense has opened up, and they are a, a more of an attacking squad, and that's what they're going to have to do to try and break down England's defense. They're going to have to try and push forward to get at least one goal because I do think England is going to be able to score against the Denmark defense, who have conceded in all but one game. Now, because this really is a home game for England, they are going to have the fans on their side, and this is going to be a tough match for Denmark. However, Denmark have shown that they can win in England. Um, just back in last November, November, um, excuse me, October, October 14th, 2020, Denmark actually won in England during the Nations League. Uh, they won 1-0, but that goal did come on a penalty after Harry Maguire was sent off for a red card for tripping. So, if you look at the stats, the game was actually pretty even. Um, and I expect much of the same between these two. Um, I do see England sitting in and trying to play more of a defensive style, and I see Denmark attacking. So my pick in this one is a little bit of a gut play, simply because, again, England have not actually conceded in this tournament so far. But I'm going to take both teams to score. 
I think England definitely should be able to to score on Denmark. Uh, I actually do expect England to ultimately end up winning and going through. I don't know if it, again, don't know if it's going to be the 90 minutes or if it'll be extra time or penalties, but I do expect England to make the final. But I can see Denmark end up getting a goal, especially if England score first. They are going to have to push ahead. They are going to have to try and um, get that equalizer. And I think Denmark can do it. Now, what's great about this bet is that the both teams to score actually comes in at a plus money price. It comes in at plus 123. So that's going to be my pick in this one. I think both teams are going to be able to find the score sheet. Um, I would actually expect England to win in regulation time. I can see this being a two to one win. I can actually see this being a two to two draw. I know that sounds crazy um, given the statistical data that England have put up so far, but I think Denmark are going to be able to get a breakthrough. And I think it is uh, England is basically due to, to give up a goal or two in this one. So I'm simply going to take both teams to score at plus 123, nice plus money price. Um, I think that's a good bet in this one, and we'll see who ends up going to the final to play the Italy-Spain winner. For our fourth game, we're going to stay on Wednesday, and we're actually going to transition over to the MLS, where the New England Revolution host Toronto FC. New England come in as a minus 200 favorites. The draw is plus 375, and Toronto FC are plus 425 to win the match. Looking at the standings, New England is in first place in the Eastern Conference. They have seven wins, three draws, and two losses, with three wins, a draw, and a loss in their last five, while Toronto come in in last place, which is 14th, on one win, two draws, and eight losses, with all five, with their last five matches all being, all being losses. At home, New England is undefeated with five wins in five matches, having scored 10 goals and conceding only four. While on the road, Toronto have zero wins, one draw, and six losses in their seven road matches, having scored seven goals and conceded 20. The big angle I want to think about for this match concerns Toronto. Uh, they just fired their manager after their last home loss, or after their last loss, which was a road loss against DC United, where they went down seven to one. So Toronto are now without their head coach. Now, often in these situations in sports, you see a team make a bounce back. They'll often play with a little bit more energy, uh, play a little bit more free, possibly to prove that it wasn't them, it was the coach. It was the coach's system. It's whatever the, the coach was doing. And that's why they weren't performing up to the level of expectation. And Toronto are traditionally one of the best clubs in the MLS. Uh, if you look at recent history, they've gone to both the MLS final and the Eastern Conference final multiple times in the past few years. So they are a very good club, and they're right now they're having a terrible season. Something to also keep in mind is that Toronto is not playing in Canada. Uh, Canadian teams are not able to travel back and forth because of COVID restrictions, and American teams aren't able to go up to Canada. So Toronto are actually playing all of their matches in Florida. So they are a team in exile right now. Um, don't know if that's going to last for the entire year, but at least for right now, they're playing everything in Florida, which means they don't have any kind of home field advantage, um, and that can be having a negative repercussion on their on their performance so far this year. That being said, New England have shown that they are the best team in the Eastern Conference at this point, and they are a better team than Toronto. So for this match, I'm going to take New England to win and over one and a half goals to be scored. 
Uh, Toronto have shown that they concede enough, especially on the road. In fact, they're conceding almost three goals per game on the road that New England should be able to find the back of the net at least twice to get the win here. I don't know if they're going to keep Toronto out of the net. Toronto very well might contribute to the score sheet because New England are averaging just about giving up one goal per game. So it is very possible that Toronto could score, especially if they're trying to put out a big, strong effort with their coach being gone. But ultimately, I do see New England winning, and I see at least a few goals being scored in this match. So that's why I'm going to take New England to win and over one and a half total goals in the match. And that parlayed together actually comes in at minus 139. So that's going to be my pick in this one. New England and over one and a half total goals at minus 139. And our final match this week also takes place in the MLS, and it's also on Wednesday, where the Seattle Sounders play host to the Houston Dynamo. Seattle comes in at minus 177 favorites. The draw comes in at plus 340, and Houston are plus 410 to win. Seattle have slipped a little bit in the rankings. They're actually in second place in the Western Conference with seven wins and five draws. They're still undefeated. They've scored 21 goals and conceded eight. And in their last five, they've seen two wins and three draws. Houston come in in seventh place in the West. They have three wins, six draws, and three losses on the year, having scored 16 goals and conceded 17. And in their last five, they have four draws and one loss. At home, Seattle are undefeated with four wins and three draws in seven matches, having scored 14 goals and conceded four. While on the road, Houston are winless with three draws and three losses in their six matches, having scored seven and conceded 11. Seattle is definitely the better squad, especially when they're playing at home. So I have no problem seeing them beating Houston in the 90 minutes and just taking Seattle on the money line, again at minus 177, would be a safe bet in this one. But I think if you want to add a little bit more value, I think you could take Seattle and under four and a half goals. Now parlay those together, that actually comes in at minus 108. Um, I think it's very possible that Seattle pitch a shutout here and that Houston are not able to score. If Houston does score, it's going to be one goal at most, and Seattle ought to be able to put up two to get that victory. However, Seattle are not a high-scoring team themselves, so I don't expect four or five goals to be scored. I would think three at the most, probably uh, maybe a 2-0 Seattle victory, maybe 2-1, maybe just a 1-0 Seattle victory. So if you just take Seattle on the money line, I think that's a safe bet. They should be able to come through and win the match. But if you want a little bit more value, again, take Seattle and under four and a half parlay together. And that comes in at minus 108. And that does it for this edition of the Soccer Betting Blitz. Thank you all so much for listening. Good luck with any bets that you might place. And we'll see you next time.